Hey everyone, and welcome to the Devin Carroll Show. I'm your host, Devin, and this show is all about simplifying the complicated Social Security rules so you can use them to your advantage and get every dollar in benefits that you deserve. If you'd like to ask me a question, we record every Thursday at 12 o'clock Central. That number is 903-400-4848. On today's show, we talk to Elizabeth, who has a teacher's pension and wants to know how the windfall elimination provision and the government pension offset will affect her benefits. And Paula asks, can I file for survivor benefits if I'm still working? Then Janice is fairly certain her benefit has not been calculated correctly and wants to know, how do I get this fixed? And there's a lot of other great calls too, so let's get it started. Now let's go to Paul in Texas. Hey, Paul, how are you? Hello. Hey, Paul. Hey, I appreciate you taking my call. Absolutely. Um, my question is, uh, my wife and I are both going to start Social Security here in a few more months. Uh, I'll be 66 in four months, and I'll be at FRA. Uh, my wife will be 62 in about a month or two, and so she'll be collecting early. Uh, so I'll be collecting my full FRA, and she'll be getting half as a spousal benefit, but I know that's going to be reduced. My bigger question is, if in one year from now, let's say, that I die, would she get my full benefit, or would she get a reduced amount because she'd only be 63? So here in just a little while, Paul, when she files for her own benefits, or, or rather here in here in a few months when she files for benefits, she's going to file for her own yeah. benefits or file for a spousal no. benefit. No, she'll file spousal benefits. Okay. So the way that will work is if you pass away before she attains full retirement age, there would be a reduction to the survivor benefit that's left to her. So the amount okay. that you are collecting is what they refer to as her original benefit. That would be reduced if she's less than full retirement age. Okay, so I'll put some numbers out there. I'm going to get about $3,000, and she'll get about 1500 but that's reduced by, I don't know, about 25 30%. So she's going to get something like 1100 bucks. Yep. A year from now, assuming no inflation, my benefit is 3000 Hers is still, let's say, 1100 But then I die. She's going to get a reduced amount of that 3000 would that be a permanent reduction then for her? It would be, yes. So the bottom line is i got to make sure I don't die until That's she right. turns 67. <laughs> it's easy, Paul. Just don't die. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll stay in shape for about four more years. That's right. Just, <laughs> just good, clean living for the next four, and then you can just let it all go to hell. <laughs> Hey, that, okay, that clears it up. I, I didn't know the answer to that, but I do now. Yep. So Thank since you. you're full retirement age, you're filing. That is her original benefit. That amount's just going to be reduced yeah. for her filing age. Right. Perfect. Right. right. That's, that's what I thought. But Okay. Okay, Thank Paul. Thank you so much. That, that helps. Thanks for calling. All right. You bet. All right. Bye. And coming up next, we're going to go to Elizabeth in Texas. Hey, Elizabeth. Hello. How are you? Fantastic. How are you? I'm doing great. Well, good. What can I help you with? But I have, well, I'm retired from the school district. Uh, okay. My original retirement plan was to retire at the end of this year, but COVID and a few other things changed that plan. So I'm currently getting a pension from 
the school district. I am eligible for Social Security, and I'm also eligible for survivor's benefits. When I called about back in 2016 after he passed, I was told I made too much money, which I didn't know that was a thing. But um, So I was waiting to collect Social Security until I reached full retirement age. Is that the right thing to do? And, and then, you know, because I'm subject to the, what is it, general, the, the GPO and the windfall elimination, depending on which way I go. So I don't know which one to claim or if I need to wait to claim until I'm full retirement age. Gotcha. Okay, Elizabeth, let me dig in a little bit here. So tell me a little bit more about your pension. Now, this is a pension from Texas TRS? Yes. Okay. Tell me a little bit more about that pension. How much is that on a monthly basis? Um, hang on. It's about $2,700. Okay. Yeah, $2,750. Okay. I'm in the 22% tax bracket right now. Gotcha. That helps. So let's let's just call it twenty seven hundred. Now, but you also have a social security benefit from your own work history as well, huh? Correct. Okay. Do you know how many years of earnings you have that were taxed for social security? Ooh. Um. Hmm. Let's try to do the math here real quick. So I started working when I was twenty. When I started working when I was sixteen. And I stopped paying Social Security in 1997. Hang on, okay. let me. So, Elizabeth, I'll, I'll just cut to it real quick. One of the things that you need to make sure of is that you don't have enough years of substantial earnings to completely get rid of the windfall elimination provision. No, I do not. Okay. So, I, I do know that because I, I researched that. Okay. So, if you have... If you have enough earnings that are above that, obviously that windfall elimination provision is not going to apply. If you've got somewhere at 20 or less, you are going to be subject to that full windfall elimination provision. And for individuals turning 62 in 2020, that amount is $498 in the reduction. So it, it is a, a hefty reduction from your Social Security benefit, but it won't reduce yeah. it completely down to zero Unlike its nasty cousin, the government pension offset. Now, this is one that uh, you've already said that you know you're you're subject to it. And if you do have that non-covered pension of $2,700, you are subject to it. Here's the way that would work. Any survivor or spousal benefits that you're eligible for, they're going to take an amount equivalent to two-thirds of your covered pension or your non-covered pension, rather, that TRS pension. They're going to take that out of those spousal or survivor benefits before they ever pay it to you. So just doing the quick math on $2,700, that means that any spousal or survivor benefits they pay to you first, they're going to subtract $1,800 since that's about two-thirds of that. And then whatever's left, they'll pay you, if anything. But in most cases, that government pension offset takes out the entire amount. Oh. Do you know how much your survivor benefit is? No, I haven't. I guess once he passed, I couldn't get into his account anymore, but I had it, hang on, let me get to the page here. A while back, I had talked to Social Security, and they gave me kind of an estimate at the time. Um, and I don't know when I went there. Let's see. For me, out of $852, I would have gotten 678 from the government. Offset out of $1,164, I would have gotten $840. And that was probably back in 2016. Okay. 
okay. my effect on this, I would say. Yeah, so unfortunately, it does sound like, you know, on, on a positive note, you've got the pension. That twenty seven hundred dollars, and it's not. There's not too many people out there that have a a pension of that size anymore. Uh, so that that's the positive here. The negative is they recalculate your social security benefit under a different formula because you have that pension, and it's going to reduce it some. Right. And then you're also not going to be able to get the uh, spouse or survivor benefits that you typically would because of that hefty reduction they take out. So you you just got it, and that's what you're going to have to live with. So it sounds like I should apply for mine and not survivors, correct? So, yeah, I, you know, without knowing the amount of the survivor's benefit you're eligible for, I, I would imagine that your benefit is going to be higher. Because if you think about it, this, if you think about it two ways, the amount of offset to your benefit is in that four or $500 range. The amount of offset to your spousal survivor's benefit is in that $1,800 range. So it, it really depends on which one is going to come out to be higher. And I suspect right. it's going to be your own benefit. Oh, interesting. I figured it would be his because you know he paid into Social Security all those years and I did not. That's yeah. interesting. Well, I mean, you okay. know, after they take eighteen hundred dollars out, there's uh, you know, out of a out of a typical Social Security yeah. benefit. Yep, that's a big chunk of it. Okay. Very good. Well, well thanks so much for calling, thanks Elizabeth. So Thank you. All right. And up next, we're going to talk to Paula, also from Texas. Hey, Paula. Thank you for taking my call. You are absolutely welcome. How can I help? Uh, well, um, I'm going to be 60 in a few months. Okay. Uh, I'm a widow. My husband passed six years ago. I do have a full-time job. I make 44000 a year, around forty-four, forty-five. So I'm just wrestling with the uh, question whether apply for benefits. Is it worth for me to, to apply for benefits in October? Um, my, my husband's benefits, I called the social security about two weeks ago and I was told that my benefits at 60 will be around 900 a month. Okay. And that's your survivor benefit to be clear? About 900 a month. For, okay. For the survivor benefit. Paula, do you have any idea what yes, your sir. benefit is currently projected to be at your full retirement age? Uh, right now it's. If I continue working, it's about seventeen hundred. Okay. When do you plan to retire? Well, that's my question. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm I'm healthy. I, I don't have any issues. I don't foresee me stopping working. I mean, I'm thinking probably at sixty-seven. Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe sixty-seven. That's my full retirement age. Okay. Sixty-seven. Okay. Perfect. All right, so there's there's a couple of things going on here. One is uh, for survivor's benefits, you can still use the restricted filing options that are out there, which simply means that you could file for your survivor's benefits now and let those uh, let your own benefit grow all the way up until age 70, at which point it would be approximately 124% larger than what it would be at your full retirement age. And along the way, you would have been able to collect the survivor's benefit. Um, so that's that's one of the switching strategies that's still available. Uh, but the problem with that is you're still going to be working and the earnings limit is going to come into play, right. which says that if you're less than right. full retirement age, there's a maximum amount of earnings that you can have. Um, now, that's going to apply all the way up until, you know, as long as your earnings stay in about this same range, that's going to apply up until the calendar year when you attain full retirement age. So starting January 1 of that year, as long as your earnings don't accelerate, then you wouldn't be subject to the earnings limit anymore. But for now, that does apply. So it really leaves you with 
you know, the, the options that you have now are really, do you want to keep working or retire? Or maybe, you know, if you could do a hybrid version of that where you slow down, where your earnings are under the income limit, then you could still file for Social Security. Right. And the income limits are various, uh, what, around 19000 Yeah, around that range. Yep. And for every dollar over that, they're going to withhold, or for every $2 over that, they're going to withhold a dollar in uh, Social Security benefits. Now, you get you get that added back down the road, so it's not like they take it and keep it. Nothing against law. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense so, if you're going to be subject to the earnings limit so me, to file. Right. So uh, me making 44000 a year, it's not, it's not even worth uh, filing right now. Then I would say no. Yep, I wouldn't file. Not okay. with those earnings. I wouldn't. Right. Now, here's the thing, though. In that calendar year, Paula, you said you're 60 right now? I'm going to be 60 in October. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm 59 right now. I'll be 60. What month? What month is your birthday? In October. Okay, good. All right. So in January, well, let's back that up. In November of the year before you hit full retirement age, you have some okay. decisions to make if you're still working. Okay. As long as they haven't changed the rules, that's at the point where we need to examine, do you need to file for survivor benefits and then come back to your own benefit? You know, can you afford to do it at that point? There's a few factors that we're going to have to look at there. So you've got a little bit of time to make that decision. And that that decision needs to be made either the calendar year you attain full retirement age, which will be, you know, effective that January. So I'd make that decision the November before that or whenever you stop working. Okay. But until then, there's not a whole yes, lot to worry about. Yes, because I mean, I cannot afford to stop working. Actually, yeah, uh, I need to stop. I need I need to continue working, but I just feel like his benefits are just uh, being wasted. I guess I don't know. That's my <laughs> that's how I feel yeah. right now. Like he just uh, his benefits are just going to sit there. Uh, I, I understand. Okay. I do understand that. But you know that earnings limit's going to come in and. It's going to create havoc right. for you if you go ahead and file. And, and it's, it's meant yeah. to run fairly smoothly when you're taking a benefit and you're still subject to the earnings limit. Unfortunately, that's just not the way it's always applied. It can create overpayment yeah. situations. And I just tell people, look, if you know you're going to be subject to the earnings limit, don't file for benefits. Just, mm-hmm. just wait until you're not. Right. Okay. Very well, good, Paula. Very much. You are Appreciate welcome. It. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And up next, we're going to go to Rick. Hey, Rick. Hi there. It's really great talking to you. Well, thank you Uh, for calling. Hey, thank you for being there. Uh, I really enjoy your videos. Uh, so, So my question is, I will be 70 in December. Okay. And was pretty much holding out till then. But when I look at Social Security, I've made two different calls to them, and they give me kind of conflicting information. When they do whatever this percentage increase is going to be for the cost of living uh, in October, I was told that if I wait till December, I would not get that increase until after next year. Where if I if I'm if if I'm uh, collecting Social Security in November, then I would. Uh, be eligible for it. And, uh, I just, I, that I got two different weird answers to that. Uh, and then the question is, how is that like, if it's 1%, is that 1% of what they're showing me on, on the social security site for whatever month I collect? 
uh, is it added to that, or is it? Do they take out the Medicare and then, and then use that calculation? How does that work? Good questions. Okay, so on the cost of living adjustment, just to clear the air on that, uh, cost of living adjustments are added to anyone's full retirement age benefit after age sixty-one, so age sixty-two and on. Whether you have filed for benefits or not, your full retirement age benefit is adjusted for the cost of living increase. Okay. And that's the way they adjust okay. it too. They add that to your full retirement age benefit and then they take away any reductions for filing early or increases for filing later. Okay. So, so, uh, so what I've ca- like, if I, ta- if I, if I started in, uh, for October, for example, and it's one percent is what they do the increase on. That's that one percent would be on on my age sixty two amount, not on the amount in October. Well, no, right. uh, you are you're going to be turning seventy in October, Rick. Is yeah. that right? Okay, in December. No, in December. in December. Okay, roughly speaking, what you're going to see is that that benefit amount is going to increase by approximately the amount of the cost of living adjustment. But the, the math gets a little funny when you look at it. So let, let's say that we have a big cost of living adjustment and it's 6% in 2021, all right? And, yeah. and you have a benefit of $1,000 and you delayed it until 70. And so now your benefit is $1,320. Well, if you just apply 6% to that $1,320, it's not going to come out just right because the way they do it is they're going to apply that 6% to your full retirement age benefit, which for you was age 66. And then they're going to add back the 8% increases and that's going to be the amount you receive. But when you look at those numbers side by side, they're going to be very, very close. So if you want to do in a rough approximation, you're going to be able to calculate that that cost of living adjustment is going to increase your benefit that you're planning to collect uh, at 70 so it's done on, on the amount that I would have made if I uh, at sixty or whatever my my amount was up at sixty six. That's right. Basically, that's right. And do, they don't take they don't take what Medicare is expected out of it uh, to, to do it on that amount or anything like that. Nope, they take your the now that does figure into the calculation, but no, they take your raw mm-hmm. PIA, your primary insurance amount, plus or minus age based uh, either. Uh, reductions or increases, and then they subtract out mm-hmm. offsets for Medicare Part B or whatever it may be. And then they round that on to the uh, down to the lowest dollar, and that's your final benefit amount. Okay, so what I'm seeing, uh, just if I waited till December, what I'm seeing online uh, on the Social Security site is that how, is that accurate? Or I mean, I've, I've had several people tell me it's not what it really turns out to be. Tell me that one more time, then. Okay, so if I go to the Social Security website and and uh, I see what my benefit would be if I filed in December, okay, then uh, it doesn't start till January, and uh, that amount I've been told by uh, several people that uh, have already done all this that the amount that they saw online was it was they were getting. Even even understanding the reduction for your Medicare and all that, uh, they were getting a lot less. Well, that number that was- so when when they're estimating your benefits and you're looking at that estimate online or in your statement or whatever it may be, it's based on multiple projections. 
And mm -hmm. those projections are less accurate when you are younger than they are at your age. So I would yeah, suspect no, I that. that some of those people that were telling you that may be, um, it, it may either be that they're younger or they had substantial earnings changes in the year or two before they filed. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. Yep. Those projections will make a, a difference, but at your age, you've probably already established your earnings record. Um, you, you may, oh, if yeah. you're still working, you may or may not be replacing any of those years, but mostly your record is established and the amount you see projected is going to be roughly the amount you're going to receive. So, so what I was sort of calculating, and this is just off the numbers that are online for uh, October, November, December, it, uh, between, if I took it, if I started it in November, for example, I'm, I'm losing like $11 a month. And when I calculate out getting the amount of money that I would get starting in November, uh, compared to how long it would take me to earn that $11 a month back, it was like 17 years or something. And, uh, so it seemed like it, it would be better to file a little early. I'm just losing a little bit per month because if, if I'm losing twenty five, I mean, if I can get twenty five hundred dollars, for example, which is about what I'm what I'm supposed to get uh, per month, then to to wait till that eleven dollars a month builds up to to break even, I'd rather have the money now because I might not be alive in in uh, 17 years. Yeah. Does that make sense? Well, it does. But let me throw one little wrench into your, your uh, calculations there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The way that these delayed retirement credits are added, this 8% per year for delaying is that there's only one time when they add those in, when you file. And that's if you file at 70. Otherwise it's the following January before they add those in. So just know if you file earlier than your age 70, you're going to receive a benefit for those months earlier that you file as if you were 69, not 70 until at least that following January, but your birth date is in December. So it's not going to be that big of an issue. Just know though, if you file, let's say in uh, for benefits to begin in September, you're going to have September, October, November, uh, before that delayed retirement credit is ever added and, and December too. Uh, but if you wait and you file in December, they're going to add that delayed retirement credit then. So the delayed, explain to me again what the delayed retirement credit is. So for every month you delay your filing, they increase mm -hmm. your full retirement age benefit by two thirds of 1%. And we often express okay. that as an annual increase. We say it's 8% per year. So that's, you know, if your full retirement age was 66 and you wait till file at 70, you're going to receive 132% of your full retirement age benefit amount. That's that 8% per year or two thirds of 1% for 48 months. So okay. for every month earlier that you file, it's going to be, you're not going to get that two thirds of 1%. Plus, they don't add those delayed retirement credits in until the following January, unless you file at 70. So, uh, yep, a, a, a little bit more of their convoluted math. And, you know, it's something that we talked about on last week's show. A, a guy called and had the same questions, and, and I told him that, 
you know, it still baffles me why they don't add those in as soon as you file. Because if you go and you file early for benefits, they certainly have figured out how to do the accounting to take that reduction immediately. But it's the additions, it's the benefit increases that they say, well, we don't have a good system for adding those in as soon as you file. I don't buy it. But that's the way the system works. So, so just in terms of, of what, I mean, I don't want to miss out on the, I mean, I think, the, I think the uh, cost of living increase is going to be quite a bit this time. And I don't want to not like kind of miss out on that. So whether I file in, uh, in October or November, so that it starts no, in it December, doesn't or it doesn't matter. In December, it starts in January, it's not going to make a difference. No, you're going to get the cost of living adjustment, whether you file, whether you don't, it doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Well, I really enjoy your show and well, thank I'm you. so happy you're doing this. So, and thank you for taking my call. I really appreciate it. I hope you have a great day. Hey, you too. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye now. And up next, we're going to talk to Janice in Illinois. Hey, Janice, how are you? I am good. Thank you. How are you? Fantastic. How can I help you? Well, I, my question seems to follow a little bit along the line of your previous caller. I am entitled to de- the delayed retirement benefit. Okay. I am currently, I was 70 last October, and it was the first time I applied for my benefit. And when they quoted the rate to me, they told me what I would get in a November and December check. And then I was anticipating getting the increase for the delayed retirement benefit. And when I questioned that, they said that wouldn't happen until after January. So January came and went and I never got the added benefit. And I called back again a few months later to say, how come I'm not getting this yet? And I was told that they have to go through an audit process. And once they do that, they'll catch up with it and, and get me back up to snuff. But I guess I'm kind of, I'm, I'm wondering why it takes so long and if there is some other hiccup and if I should be doing something because I certainly want my extra 32% on top of my benefit because I'm getting clobbered with the Windfall Elimination Act anyway. Oh, man. So that was one of the reasons I delayed taking it. But um, I'm also like at the point now where I'm, I'm assuming they would do all the back pay, but like it's... You know, like, do they pay interest on that, too, if it takes them so long to get that out? And and is there something I should be doing, or is this a normal happenstance? Well, Janice, so you filed in the month you attained age 70, is that right? Correct. Okay. The way this is supposed to work is that if you file in the month you attain age 70, they are supposed to add all those delayed retirement credits in. So, you know, we... Either they may have miscalculated, which they do, or you may have run into a technician that got the delayed retirement credits and the delay of those, how they're added in in January, mixed up. Hmm. Do you think... So what do you suggest I do? Do you think it's possible that you are already receiving your full benefit? No. No, because I know what the estimates were. Okay. Then stay with me on the line for just a second, and I'm going to take a look at something. Okay, thank you. Okay, Janice. So... I wanted to look at the rules real quick and make sure that um, I had read those correctly. And the rules are very plain here. Uh, In their operations manual, it says that there are two times when retirement benefits are increased for delayed retirement credits. The first time that they list is in the month you attain age 70. And that's the month you filed. Correct. 
the second time is in January of the year following the year, you earn the delayed retirement credit. So when you filed for your benefit, did you do any kind of retroactivity? Did you get paid for six months prior or anything no. like that? Okay. No. Um, so then, you know, I would, I would probably ask for a reconsideration of benefits. There is a form that you can file that asks them to recalculate your benefits and tell them what your problem is. Tell them, I don't think this has been calculated correctly. Now, it's going to take them some time, but they're going to send you, they're going to send you a statement telling you why your benefit was or was not calculated properly. Okay. Um, so, is this something I do online or is there a form? You said reconsideration of benefits. Is there literally a form that you fill out to do that or there is. is there a different process? No, there is a form you can do. Uh, but you also may just want to call your local office and ask them how to get that process started. Okay. And that may be the faster way to All get right, it done. Thank you very much. I appreciate your help. You are welcome, Why Janice. everybody do their job the way I did my job is what I want to know. I understand. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> Unfair <laughs> question, huh? <laughs> yeah. You have a good day. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your help. Bye-bye. Well, that wraps up today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, if you found today's show valuable, would you mind leaving me a review? I read every one of them, and I assure you it's very much appreciated. Oh, and you should also know that, yes, I'm an actual practicing financial planner, but I'm probably not your financial planner, and I'm certainly not your tax or legal advisor. So before you take any action with what we talk about today, you need to consult with your own advisors. I'll be back with another episode soon.